Welcome back for a special episode. Today's episode focuses on an important topic, taking a closer look at the retirement experiences of different soccer players to better understand the resources which exist to aid athletes in the transition from the structure of professional sport to the boundless experience that is retirement. Before this episode begins, I would like to express my gratitude to each guest I had the opportunity to speak with, for their courage and their transparency has greatly improved my understanding of their stories. There are always unique circumstances behind every story, and this episode only represents a small portion of who my guests are and countless other examples like them. It is time to devote more attention to players exiting the game, to those who sometimes had to compromise education in order to make it, to those who only know the structure of professional sport in their lives, to those who still have a significant portion of their working lives ahead of them. More needs to be done to provide for those who lose the game they love, for it will inevitably happen to every player, even those who have seemingly made it. Eight, seven, eight, first time. Then um, I got picked up by Everton when I was nine or ten, I think it was. It was full on from there onwards, sort of thing. So from seven, eight, I've been football's been my life. As you don't progress as much as you wish, then the pressure starts coming on, and I didn't know how, how to handle that kind of pressure. I made my debut at seventeen. At the time, I was the best young prospect in the country. The key bit really is is the transition piece. You're not playing well. Uh, a, lot, a lot goes through your head. Unfortunately for the vast majority of players, they might have to, to face that transition outside of the game. And I was just thinking, oh, this has become a chore now. It's not, it's not the fun it used to be. But I still had two years left on my contract, and I just said I'm not coming in. I can't do it no more. There's a combination of things, some that we can see clearly, some that are unseen. The, the key bit really is, is the transition piece. Michael is a typical young lad. Residing in Liverpool, he has grown up raving about the icons cast across his screen, aspiring to one day deliver glory to his boyhood club Everton and to the surrounding community. He is young, yet his career motivations have already been settled. For one day, he will be the one celebrating goals, wins, and trophies alongside comrades from around the globe, with similar boys who share the same passion and the same exact desire as he does. To an ambitious English boy, the opportunity for Michael to prove himself at Everton Football Club is nothing short of a true blessing. Despite experiencing vastly different upbringings, many seemingly unaffiliated boys' paths will ultimately converge in pursuit of dreams just like Michael's. This dream often comes at the expense of education, as successful prospects may join the academy full-time as early as their young teenage years. However, opportunities to play first-team soccer at a high level remain incredibly sparse. As noted by Max Noble, a former Fulham Academy player, a minuscule 0.012% of all boys playing some form of youth soccer in England will go on to play professionally in the Premier League, inciting doubts toward the merit of the academy system and how it starves players of both education and their opportunities to become well-rounded individuals. As I grow older, the reality of professional soccer has become increasingly apparent to me. In soccer today, one recurring issue exists among countless examples which I feel deserves increasingly more attention. How the abrupt transition from the meticulously organized structure of professional soccer to the boundless environment of countless rejects and former players in retirement has proven to result in drastic ramifications which inhibit exiting players' future opportunities and ravage their mental health. The dream quickly becomes desire, and all of a sudden, for boys like Michael, that dream becomes their only way of supporting themselves. 
For this reason, it is only right that transitional resources become a mandatory element of every player's exit from the game to provide them with adequate resources to develop the next stage of their lives and to maintain a sense of support and identity beyond the game itself. You've lived your whole life working to this moment. It can go all the way like when you're not ready for it. I spoke with Lee Wood, a player care manager at Wigan Athletic, to gauge his standing on the preparedness of athletes to pursue a career outside of soccer. If I was being absolutely honest, open and transparent with you, I'd say they're probably not as prepared as they should be. Lee was perfectly honest with me. Despite the plethora of resources now accessible to academy players, two primary challenges remain. For one, balancing the pursuit of a second career in conjunction with soccer is both incredibly demanding to a player and is seen by many players as reducing their commitment to making it in the game they love. And secondly, the same resources which are provided to academy players now are often not extended to first-team senior players entering retirement, who arguably require these services even more than their younger academy counterparts. In an era which has witnessed drastic improvements in player care, the relief system still falls short in certain areas. First-team players not have mental health struggles. They've they've got to that. They've had to spend the nine, ten years in academy football, and now they're five years into a professional career. So they've probably even been stripped of even more of their identity. The pressure. Looking back at Michael, after trying years in the academy, he is now a pro, and he has made it. A trademark name, he is deemed the next great striker in the city of Liverpool, and is making appearances for established clubs, including the likes of Everton, Wolverhampton, and Manchester City. That is all until he isn't. I probably rushed into it, to be honest with you. Uh, I should have took some advice. So then I was just sat around thinking, what do I do now? Like, I've known football all my life, and now for the last 20 odd years, I've played football every morning. Poised, diligent, and creative, Omobi is the child of Nigerian parents bringing their values and ambitions to California. Anchored to education, Amobi enrolls at UCLA, where he can obtain a degree in conjunction to pursuing a pro career before leaving to play professionally after his freshman season. During his career, Amobi continues his education through the likes of college courses provided by the Generation Adidas program, culminating in a degree, in addition to completing several Harvard and Columbia-taught business programs tailored toward professional athletes with an interest in transitioning into business. He is now equipped with a myriad of real-world skills which enable him to endeavor seamlessly on a series of projects when his time is finished in the realm of professional soccer. Similarly to their childhoods, seemingly unaffiliated boys' paths will inevitably converge. They are all out of the game they love at some point or another. They are all lost, yet the difference exists in how they are able to respond. It helped even while I was playing in terms of like negotiating contracts, um, you know, figuring out brand deals, starting my business. Uh, so it definitely opened my eyes to a lot of different things that I wasn't aware of before that I definitely uh, continue to apply. Amobi founded a frugal athlete to provide athletes with financial literacy skills and has also started a foundation. Amobi's story demonstrates how transitional resources provided him with the means to spring a novel career in a time in his life where a lack of structure could have left him susceptible to several mental health challenges, financial struggles, and limited opportunities. The lack of similar opportunities in England demonstrates the shortcomings of the English release system, that its influence is still too limited for those who need it the most. At the time, I didn't think about reaching out to them because I didn't know the resources were there. 
In a business which extracts the youth from hopeful children, the current system fails to support prospective and seasoned players alike for a life outside of soccer, especially the latter. The harsh reality of soccer and its many victims' descent into depression, crime, and job uncertainty demands that soccer clubs do more to provide access to resources to help its players into becoming more well-rounded and equipped individuals at all levels of the game. For what began as a dream has developed into a catalyst for failure. From seven, eight, I've been football's been my life. 